of the BSN Buffs Podcast. Stewart with time. Let's it go. He's got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught. Touchdown. Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. Incredible. A branch of BSNBuffs.com. Real stories from real reporters in the trenches. I remember saying, I don't think we can do that, Coach. I I think that's going to be fourth down when you said spike the ball. I said, shut up and play center, Lewenberg. But I didn't know. And the referee didn't know. And the downs marker, whoever was holding that downs marker, he didn't know. They call a touchdown. They call a touchdown. Oh, I can't believe this. Yeah, something, something's funky here. Did they give him an extra down? And now, here are your hosts, Josh Dover and Ryan Konigsberg. Up from Dominique Keller to Thomas Akizili, who finishes with the right hand. You're the number one cop on the force, Akizili. You're back on the case. <laughs> Rebound, Eli Stalter, who gets on the stat sheet. He's looking for a man. Hits Kenneth Guzmich, who goes up for a dunk. Eli Stalzer with the pass, Kenan Guzinich with the dunk, George King with the celebration on the bench. Rick Baby seems to be having some issues over there. I, I'm seeing some tears. Aki Zili finishes off the and one. And Aki Zili, I got news for you. You're rated the best cop in town! Not even the Pirates could stop him as he went coast to coast. There's no uh, pirates from coast to coast. They're outside of the coast. <laughs> That's why they couldn't stop him. How many pairs of socks is Leslie wearing? It looks like three, but it might be four. <laughs> He's got to keep his feet warm during the winter. All of them are playing aggressive right now. Everyone's got the green light. Everyone's attacking. Everyone's doing their thing. Uh, and they've got 69 points already. Nice. Under 12 minute timeout, 11.56 left in the game. Buffalo's lead, 69, nice, to 38 <laughs> on Radio 1190 KBCU Boulder. But you like that from the big man. You like that! You like that! Fortune inside to Scott. Spin move and another one for Josh Scott. Another, another one! one. <laughs> Josh Scott with a Buffalo jam coming off the spin move in the post. Nice move from Jay 40 I, I think uh, Brick Baby has reached that age where she now knows what she's doing. Like, she's waving her hands and stuff. It's impressive. Growing up right before our eyes. If you do the, the jab step and then switch your pivot foot, they're going to call it every time. Uh, and they're, they're keeping an eye on it. And George King does it a lot. A, a lot. lot. Uh, you could say the rule has changed a lot. Welcome into the Buffs Podcast. We're live at Blake Street Tavern. I'm Josh Dover alongside Ryan Koningsberg. Ryan, hello. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be here at Blake Street Tavern where we're going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. Here at Blake Street Tavern. This and it's, is my second home. 
I love it's right place. in my neck of the woods, so it's perfect for me too. It's I every get to hang out with you once a week now. I know. I told Adam he's going to have to uh, give up his FF on our BFF heart necklaces that we have. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he has to give up his hate for college sports so he can come oh, hang out with us. I don't think he's ever going to do that. All I don't right. think he's ever going to do that. Him and John Reedy, who we were just speaking about, yep. are un-American and hate college sports. You know, some people just can't be saved. No, yeah, you're right. Adam's response was, it's such a different game. And I said, that's the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the point of why we love college football. But we're here at Blake Street Tavern. We're going to try to do this every single Monday, right, around this time. Sometimes we'll switch it up and do 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, something like that at night so we can get more people in here to hang out with us and ask us questions. But no better place to hang out Blake Street. I saw Papa Shot, which I'll have to kill you at before we leave. You don't want none of How's this. How's your game? It's good. It's good. One of the one time here, I uh, there's there's a girl who works here who's known for kind of balling out on it. And Kelly. I, I, yes, <laughs> Kelly. And I uh, and I beat her for her number. So. Oh, nice. That's nice. my claim to fame on the B, on the BST Papa Shot. I was uh, when we used to party a lot down here at another establishment. You used to party a lot? No, <laughs> I won't mention their name, but they also had Papa Shot. And on Thursdays they'd have Dollar You Call It nights, which was absolutely outstanding. And we would pop a shot for drinks, and I would kill my buddies. Kill. I mean, it was only a dollar a drink, but I was saving a dollar a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of dollars. <laughs> so we're going to talk some buffs. We'll uh, do some fan question stuff from Twitter, things like that. we got to start by uh, the intro there. You and Chep sound like you were having a good time, huh? <laughs> we definitely had a good time. That's actually the first time I've ever called a game really? at any level anywhere. Uh, and Chap asked me to join him, and I was like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. And it took a little while to get comfortable, but as you see, once once we settled in, dude, we were having a we were having a blast. It's so much fun to do it with somebody you like and you can mess around with and bullshit a little bit and have yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. You know? I was and when I was making the uh, the little highlight clip there, I I was like, dang, like. It, just because we know each other and we know all our inside jokes and stuff, it sounds like we've been doing games together for years. <laughs> was it? What game was that? Friday? That was the Friday. That was a Saturday night game, the Saturday Hampton night. game. Okay, Saturday night. Uh, we're going to talk plenty of buffs. Obviously, it is the Buffs podcast. We're going to talk some buffs hoops today. Is there in the midst of a tournament in Las Vegas? We're going to talk a little college football with the buffs, and uh, we got some news that we can announce here on the podcast. Is it? Is it breaking news if it happens on a podcast? It's. Potentially. I mean, you know, if, this, if that person is just now listening to this and didn't see... They don't you know, follow anything on Twitter? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. It's breaking to them. I mean, it's going to be breaking if I get this up fast enough before you get home to do what you got to do, and Brand doesn't do what he has to do, we might beat the... If a lot of people don't do their jobs, <laughs> right. this is breaking news. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and tell everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, as of today, I'm going to be the, the editor uh, of the Denver Broncos page, um, and... It, move into being a, a more of a beat writer on the Broncos. Of course, I'll still be uh, doing stuff with the Buffs, um, but this was a cool move uh, for me, you know, to kind of advance my career to the next level and, and take it to the pros, take, you know, go up to the pros. I, I, I graduated. Yeah. Yep. Now I entered the draft and I got picked up. So uh, it's exciting. It's really exciting. And, and I'm excited to see um, what we can do with the Broncos page. And I, I hope some of the Buffs fans who do like the Broncos, I know Buffs fans sometimes, you know, it's don't like, like the one Broncos or the other. taking the shine yeah. a little bit. Uh, and plus, they're all from California anyway, so they, they like, you know, the Chargers and the, and the Raiders. But I hope the Buffs, some of the Buffs fans who have learned to like our stuff at BSN Buffs will come follow us over there at the Broncos as we try and, you know, build what we've built over there. 
And congratulations. It'll be awesome to see you at Dove Valley and hang out with you at Dove Valley and stuff like that. And then it's fun to cover the Broncos, you know. It's oh, yeah. The, it's the big show. Said, yeah, it's the big show. It's you the, get up there. That's and, the big show in town. But I'm glad you're going to do buffs. That was my first question. I'm like, dude, we just started this podcast. Yeah, I know. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to do the podcast with someone else. Yeah, I mean, I love Jake, but wouldn't be the same. You know? I know, yeah. Wouldn't I, be the same. And we'll probably have Jake with us a couple of times, you know, throughout this stuff. We can bust out that other mic or I got a couple studios we can hit up and probably even closer to you guys so you don't always have to drive downtown yeah but yeah but we'll figure something out and we'll let you know when we're going to do these in advance so you can come down to Blake Street Tavern and hang out with us while we're here it's like a perfect table that could just be our viewing audience right That's there good. you know fan love you remember trl are you too young for trl total request live so that could be like the window you that's know? yes where carson daily they have like and signs. that's like the window yeah like i heart rk yeah <laughs> marry me dover how's a uh, bumble what is that thing <laughs> you had it right bumble just chicks bumble. no just bumble just bumble how's bumble going uh you know i've been out of the bumble game a little bit you have work has just been kind of taking over um so sorry to uh, Maria and Jamie. <laughs> I haven't gotten to your text in a while, but, you know, I'll get back. I'll get back. Yeah, don't, don't give up on him. <laughs> don't give up on him. Um, so we are live at Blake Street Tavern. Let's jump right into it. Let's start. Where do you want to start? Let's start with basketball because I feel mm-hmm. like we're going to spend a lot of time with the football team and things going on and some tweets that we have about the football team. But the basketball game, you broke bad news to all of Buff's fans today because we're not going to be able to see the bus play basketball yes that was the bad news we broke today the good news we broke today was that wesley gordon uh his x-rays came up negative no structural damage um so i I think you know he's he's pretty banged up um he's got some pain in that knee for sure the way he was limping off on saturday night but yes uh the bad news is we're, they call it the Las Vegas Classic. It's so classic, and they don't even have television for it. Um, that It blows my mind because not only is this like 2015 and, and every game supposed to be on TV, if it's not on TV, there's always a stream. Uh, and they didn't even go as far as to set up a stream. So uh, if you're in Vegas, we plead of you, Periscope. Periscope, <laughs> Periscope us the game. I have some friends in Vegas. I'm sure tickets are... <laughs> readily available <laughs> we're working on it on twitter we're working on it really to get some people to periscope yeah it? just sit in the nosebleeds and give us the bird's eye view or i what? mean i and i don't feel like you know how periscope like goes in and shuts down all the streams no, this is like fair. a big fight there's no other way no one else is no one has the right no one has the rights to this well fox has the rights to this but they opted not to use their rights to this so someone i feel like we're gonna try and get something together well, hopefully we do. If not, I'll be live tweeting Mark Johnson's radio call. <laughs> Have you ever live tweeted a radio? No. It's like it's like a clash of generations. Yeah. Like it's the radio and then it's Twitter <laughs> and they don't go together well. Not at all, not at all. So But I know your like loyal fans love to live tweet your radio show sometimes. Sometimes they do, yeah. <laughs> they sometimes they do. That's what's good about the actual live radio show though, is that you can react to things going on, on Twitter, I think. Definitely. The caller days of sports talk radio are going down. They're few and far between. They're good callers anyway. So six yeah, wins. Yeah, you do get bowl game. Yeah, <laughs> crazy John. Exactly. There's the example. His takes are probably better on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the big matchup that could come potentially after the game tomorrow could be against SMU and a number 18 team. We talked about it briefly, but I wanted to save this part for the podcast. Uh, how in the hell? Are the Buffs not ranked yet? It's going to take a win like that? Yes. That would be 10 in a row? 
Right. And no, that would be 11 in a row. 11 12 in a row. If they won that game, it would be 12 in a row. They've won 10 in a row right now. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, cause they have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think they're playing at a top 25 level. I think they're a top 25 team. They just don't have top 25 wins yet. And so that's why it takes you only have one? a win over SM. Well, they don't have any. What about the way they open the season? Well, I mean, they lost They lost to Iowa State in the opener. But you get no and, credit and, for hanging tough. And. Well, I think they do get credit for that. But you need the, you know, someone, they want to see you beat a good team. Um, and so far, the best team that the Buffs have beat uh, was probably BYU or Auburn. And neither of those teams scream impressive win. So people are cautiously optimistic about the Buffs. And that's why you're seeing them receive votes in the polls. But people want to see and make sure, you know, okay, well, you, you played, you hung tough with Iowa State. You know, let's see what you do now that you're rolling, now that you've got these, this win streak. Let's see what you do when you play a real team. Uh, and hopefully SMU, um, it, would really, it would really be disastrous for the Buffs, to be honest, if one of the two things happened of them losing to Penn State or uh, SMU losing to Kent State. Because you need that SMU game on your roster, win or loss, or on your schedule, win or loss, so you can capitalize on the RPI of SMU going on to have a good season. Um, Auburn, isn't Auburn coached by... Uh, Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl, yeah, with his crazy-ass suits that he wears and whatnot. Yeah. I'm looking at... And then it goes right into Pac-12 play, so that's what I was looking at after the Las Vegas tournament. It'll go right to Pac-12 play on January 1st, start with California. And then that's when you really got to start to impress. And maybe that's when they start to get some respect, too. If you beat some good teams inside the Pac-12 that are beating or hanging with other good teams inside the Pac-12, obviously hope the teams at the top elevate and shine a little bit and make everybody else look better. But I think the Buffs are obviously in a very good spot. If they can crack the top 25 this week, so they do go 2-0, they win the Las Vegas Classic, uh, they crack the top 25, then really all they have to do to stay in the top 25, in my opinion, and this is what you want to do at any time if you want to have success, is split road trips and hold serve at home. Right. So, I mean, if they can do that, you know, then they're going to they're gonna go on the road to Cal and Stanford. You just got to get one of the two. Um, and the, the obvious one there would be Stanford because they're a little bit down this year. Um, Cal is also vulnerable. I mean, it's it, the Pac-12 is so wide open this year that – there's no game that you go into it thinking, okay, you know, you have no chance. You know, even last year, it's like you're traveling to Arizona, you're in trouble. Right. But even Arizona, one, they only come to Boulder this year. Two, they're not all that great, and they haven't shown that much yet. So, like, UCLA has proven – shown to be the best team uh, in the con- – or at least UCLA and Utah have shown to be the best teams in the conference right now, but they've also shown vulnerability. Um, so, to me, the Pac-12 is wide open, which – is good for fans because they can go into every game feeling confident. And like I said, if the Buffs can just continue to split road, split road trips and hold serve at home, which they should be able to do, um, then this can be a special season. What have, what have the Buffs, you talk about other teams' vulnerability in the Pac-12, because the Buffs have won 10 in a row and haven't lost since the opener, where, where are they most vulnerable? I have, I, I've always felt that Josh Scott is just like the guy that is almost the guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I, he has the skill set. He has everything you'd want a college. I'm gonna put quotes around big, to have, but he just doesn't seem to. I don't know. There's just something there, you know. Like the the next step is there for him to take. He just never really takes it. I think he's gotten really close to taking that step, if not taking it so far this year. Um, in years past, I've completely agreed with you. 
I've always felt like he had he had everything in the bag, but he just wasn't putting it all together. Um, at this point right now, and I think it was him kind of uh, getting a, a pathway into becoming a leader that kind of opened it up for him. You're seeing him show passion on the court. You're seeing him, you know, lift up his teammates. Um, and it's, it's also elevating his play. Um, aside from that Iowa State game, which was, to me, a total uh, uh, outlier, um, where he was getting to the rim, he was getting all of his shots, and they just weren't falling. It was unbelievable. Um, aside from that, he's been unbelievably efficient. I, I think he's playing at an All-American level right now. So, obviously, they've, like I said, the schedule has been weak. Um, they haven't quite seen any elite big men since that first game. So, I, I got to see it when he, when he goes to it. But he has gotten so good at passing out of that double team, which has now taken him two years to finally get good <laughs> yeah, at that. And he's very yeah. comfortable with that now. Um, and he's also – some of those moves – he put down – you heard a little bit of the highlights in our intro. Some of the moves he was putting down on these Hampton dudes on Saturday night were insane. Like, he was spinning around them like, uh, you know, like Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and he's sitting there – he's standing there at 6'10". He's learned that the double team is coming. So as soon as he catches that ball, he's either making a quick move or finding the open man when that double comes. Uh, and those quick moves of his are, in, are, are off the charts. Um, he said after the game, I asked him, is that something you worked on in the, in the post or in the off season, those quick moves? And he said, honestly, I've always had these moves, but my, I was so injured last year that it really, really hurt me to torque, to kind of, yeah. uh, torque my back like that and do those spin moves, um, which I thought was really interesting. That's a lot on the body to do something like that for sure. You know, to, to have your back towards the basket. I always think of, and I, I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. It's the sport like, I grew up you playing. You like the way they dribble up and down yeah, the that's court. That's right. I, uh, I grew up playing it from Indiana. It's like religion for us. So I always think of the next level. And that's – I can never get it out of my head. I'm watching Josh Scott play basketball, and I'm just thinking where he fits in the NBA. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. There's only two rounds in the NBA draft, so that hurts a lot of young guys. But I, that's what I just can't figure out. And I don't know if – Tad, I know Tad's probably doing everything he can, trying to get him to do those things, play a little bit of inside out to kind of highlight what he can and can't do when things start to slow down. So, can he can he do that to to elevate his game in in, or for the next level? Not in the next level. It's so hard because on the eye test, it's like he's. It almost looks like he's lumbering and he's not that athletic, but. I mean, when you he makes tons of athletic plays. Like his room protection is really, really good. Um, he makes you know outside shots. He puts on those spin moves, uh, and I actually think he really is athletic. So I think the knock on him has been athleticism and quickness, uh, and it's something just about the way he plays that leads you to believe he's not athletic or quick. But I think he's more athletic or quick than he just looks. Uh, and like that's, you said, that's I, what it is. He just looks like he's not athletic. Right. He you looks, know? It's weird. It looks like he's not athletic, but I really think he's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for. Uh, and so I, I, obviously, you know, there's NBA scouts out there watching. Um, he will get a chance. Um, and that's all you can ask for. Um, but if he doesn't, uh, his, he's going to do all right. You know, if it doesn't work out for him in the NBA, he's going to go make six figures overseas. And I, I've always said, like, that is not a bad life. No you know, way. Play in the Czech Republic. or You're a star. Yeah, I mean, you're a star, and you're making good money, and you're living in, an, uh, in a very new and amazing place. So uh, I'm not worried about Josh after college, but I know people always want to talk about the NBA. So I, I, think, I think his skill set has really developed more towards the NBA. Um, I've been saying since he was a freshman that I, I wasn't sold on his NBA prospects, but 
now I think he's getting closer to what to where he might get drafted or at least get a shot. I'm looking at his stats right now. 19 points a game and 9.3 rebounds a game. 20 and 10 will get you in the, the, the big game right? no matter what your team looks like. So if he can continue to do that, he'll absolutely get a shot. And 6'10", 245, get in the league, add 10, 15 pounds of muscle. You could, you know. You could have a better career than a guy like Kenneth Reed because of your size and just play with a high motor. Uh, another guy I want to talk to you about, yeah, just broad talk about, is Dom Collier, a guy that I think a lot of Denver, or at least I know myself, not that I fell in love with the kid, but found the kid in his senior year when he started playing very, very good basketball, led his team to a high school state championship, and comes in his freshman year. You don't really hear from him, doesn't really do a lot. Of course, there's a couple of guys in front of him that – earned their time and got the time from him then he comes in this year and you watch him he's put on that weight i was just talking about josh scott will do when he gets in the pros and he looks like a kid that under tad for a couple more years maybe we're talking about dom the way we're talking about josh right now in two years from right now i yeah uh, people have uh have been i think extra hard on dom because they were they were so hopeful of him last year um, and it just didn't it didn't work out for him. His skill set wasn't built for him to be an impact freshman player. You know, he was skinny. Um, he, he was in a weird spot behind Askia Booker, who wasn't really a point guard, but was running the point yeah. for them, uh, and it just didn't quite work out. This year, I think people are still have a kind of sour taste in their mouth from him not performing last year, but, man, I love the way he's running this offense. Um, He's he's passing the ball with ease. He sees he's seeing the floor better than anyone on the team. Uh, I think he had eight assists and no turnovers the other night. Um, he is making his open shots at, at a very very respectable clip. I think he's uh, one of the top three three point shooters in the rotation right now. Uh, everything he's doing on offense, I think, has been great. I mean, exactly what you want out of Dom Collier. Where I do think there's a bit of um, criticism to be had is Dom Collier on the defensive end. Um, he's just really having a hard time playing without fouling, which is such an important thing at any level of basketball. Um, and it comes down to these new rules being odd. And, and I tried to get him to use that as an excuse last week, and he wouldn't do it. Um, but he basically just said, you know, I need to learn to keep my hands off, guys. Um, and it's a little bit of him compensating for he just doesn't quite have the lateral quickness as a lot of these right. small guards he was, he's been covering. Uh, and, and even with the week schedule, you always get like the five foot nine guard who balled out in high school, but obviously he's five <laughs> foot nine, so he yeah. doesn't go to it. And like those guys are quick. So it's almost exposed Dom and uh, his slight lack of lateral quickness even more going up against these guys who are all built on quickness. Um, so. He's gotten better. He hasn't fouled quite as much in the last couple games. Uh, and so it's encouraging. But if you're going to criticize Dom, it's, it's got to be on the defense. And I would right say, now. too, that's why I, be, I mentioned Tad and, and working with a young guy like Dom because everything you just said, I'm thinking in my mind, all that is is effort. It's, it's a little bit of laziness. Shuffle your feet. Play back a little bit. Trust your teammates are going to have your back behind you. And if they do have your back behind you and you get beat, they come over and rotate. And you bust your ass to get over and help the guy that slid over, and it all becomes a, just a team concept of playing good team defense makes everybody look better individually in the defensive statistics. And I, I think Tad's a good enough coach. Everybody knows that. He's a good enough coach to recognize that and hopefully is in Dom's ear telling him the exact same thing. Yeah, and Dom, like – He's so laid back and just kind of, I mean, his nickname on the team is Sleep. 
because they say it just looks like that's not good they just say it looks like he's just sleeping whenever he's like bringing the ball up because like i don't know he just looks like he's just so cool um and so i think it's just a little like you said a little bit of just a young guy growing up and learning that you know you got to bring a hundred percent effort on that side of the floor and i think he's going towards it i think he's understanding um tad i mean tad just preaches the same things every day and it's defense and rebounding and i think players at this point in the season right about now start to realize man coach is right you know uh when we played defense and rebounding we went on an eight we, we went on an 18-3 run um and tad talked about this team feeling like they can score their way out of their problems and the fact is they really can't no i mean they 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 have they have the firepower to do it and they have been able to score their way out of their problems to this point but when you get into the pac 12 uh you can't score your way out of your problems so i think they're starting to realize that and it's always right around this time of the year that if a tad boyle team is gonna click on defense it's right about now. Well, and every team thinks that they can score their way. That's what basketball players do. You think you can score your way out of a situation, but if you do play solid defense and rebound, then you can play any kind of game you want. You can play slow. You can let Josh play with his back to the basket and then play inside out and let him set guys up, which is how it should be done in Boulder. So I think we both agree about the top 25 win this tournament, and you've got yourself inside the top 25. And then be serviceable inside a Pac-12 play and – you won't have to win the Pac-12 tournament to be a tournament team. Exactly. Set yourself up to not have to win the tournament to get in, you know? I think uh, every year the goal has been to get a first-round bye in the Pac-12 tournament. And if you get a first-round bye in the Pac-12 tournament, you almost guarantee yourself that you're getting an at-large bid. Um, and every year they've fallen just short, and last year they fell very short. But it's been a lot of five and six seeds when you need to get that top four seed. Um, and... I've admitted to being wrong about this in the preseason, thinking that their ceiling was around six. Um, now, really, there is no ceiling. Um, with the way the Pac-12 is shaking out and the way this team is playing, um, if they hit, you know, Tad Boyle told me last week, we're at an eight or a nine on offense right now, and we're at about a five or a six on defense. If they keep that eight or nine on offense and bring that defense up to an eight or nine, this is a team that could actually win the Pac-12, like, outright in, in, in the regular season, which is crazy to think because I had such low expectations yeah. coming into the season. All right, so let's switch gears, and we'll do this next Monday, obviously, and we'll have results of the Las Vegas tournament and get ready for – because I don't start Pac-12 till the first of the year. Right, yep. So that'll be – we'll is, be right around I the corner. I find it weird that they're playing college basketball on the number one college football yeah. day of the year, but – Counter-programming. Whatever. You know, guys like me that – well, I, I'll care about the bowl games that day. Guys like that – no, Adam doesn't care about that either. I don't know why they're it's playing. It's an odd – it's an odd <laughs> thing. Like, just start on the second, I say. Yeah. But. Uh, let's switch to the football team and start with the schedule that was released. Uh, when was it? Like a week and a half ago now? A week ago, I think. About a week About a week ago. <laughs> uh, and their 2016-17 schedule comes out. I tweeted about it. I got some grief from Buffs fans that, man, I'm, I'm worried about this schedule. And a lot of people are telling me you're crazy. Don't be worried. The schedule is brutal on paper right now. Um, but mostly just on the road. Uh, and I think that's what kind of – it just depends on how you want to look at it. Because to have all of your tough games on the road can be a good thing because you say, you know, all right, we're getting our more winnable games at home. Or it can be a bad thing because you're just going to go out there and get blown out every time you leave. You leave <laughs> get the, boat raced. Right. Um, I tend to look at it as a good thing because Colorado football has been historically 
not historically, uh, in the last 10 years, which is historical to my lifetime, uh, <laughs> ha- have been so bad on the road. That's like, well, they're not going to beat anyone on the road anyway, even if they do play, you know, um, a, a more an Arizona on the road. Well, they're not going to get that, you know. It's like, to me, I think, and I actually think they do have them on the road this year. They do, yeah. Yeah, so it, they're just not going to win those games on the road. Like, they'll, it's just not really how it works. Um, so to me, to have, you know, the, most of your winnable games on the home slate m- works out well for me, but you're – and I wrote this when I wrote about the schedule. They're going to have to pull off one of those home, uh, road upsets if they're going to go bowling because I just don't picture them going 5-1 and one at home. Who gives them – I'm looking at the schedule. It's in front of me right now. Who? Let me pull it up. As a road – here, I can turn it. As the teams that they're going to play on the road are Michigan, Oregon, SC, Stanford, Arizona, and that's it. So you're saying who who's the I mean best Oregon's fans? probably the best chance, right? I don't know. I don't know. With right all the off turnover the they're going to have. People obviously everyone loves what Harbaugh's doing at Michigan. He's losing a ton of starters. He had a ton of seniors this year. But now he gets his guys. He's some of his guys, but I mean they're still going to be young. So I think obviously that's going to be a tough game, but I don't think it's as, like I don't think Michigan's going to be as good next year as they were this year. And at least it's early because we saw it took them 3 or 4 weeks to figure it out this year. Right. So it's early. Um, and then obviously, like I, I know, I just said that they don't win games like Arizona on the road, but I mean, there's a chance to win a game on the Should road. Should have beat them this year, right? So I, I think it's going to end up working out. Um, you know, it's so hard to project project these seasons before they happen. I mean, look at what it's I not, thought it's about spring ball, yeah. right? Look at what I thought about the basketball team and how wrong I was about that. So uh, you know, no matter how close you are, or how much you see. Football and sports are so unpredictable that's hard to see. I mean, one of those teams will probably end up having a down year, whether it's Oregon or SC or Arizona. Um, and then what it comes down to is you just you have to absolutely beat Colorado State. If you lose to Colorado State, uh, you might as well you know fold it up if you're Mike McIntyre because I don't think that you're gonna somehow find a way to win six games after that. No, one. no. I mean that's that's asking a lot. So you start two and zero. Um, if you could somehow pull out one of Oregon and Michigan, you're in great shape. But if, even if you lose those, you know, then you still have you still have winnable games. Oregon State, Arizona State, even though they've had your number, UCLA at home, who you've played close every time, Washington State, Utah at home. Um, those are all winnable games. Like I said, I just don't think they're gonna win five out of six of those. Um, so they're gonna have to pull off an upset at some point on the road, and uh, they really have to if this train is going to keep going the way it's going and the question i'll ask you and we can both debate about or go back and forth about is a question i get i I produce the irvin joe show too the deans and all their listeners love college football i actually love producing the show because that's where i get my college football fix (laughs) uh everyone wants to know who's the quarterback going to be next year that's a great question. Um, if I was handicapping it right now, I would put Sefa Lufau as the favorite to be the really? starting quarterback. Yes. Um, I think he did so many things for them this season that people didn't appreciate. Like, he was the best short yardage running back they had, you know? They figured <laughs> out how to run that QB trap. Uh, and that's just – he's a fullback. I mean, he's like Cam Newton in yeah. terms of his size and stature of just like I can just – Bowl, bowl through for two and a half yards. Um, I think that's an underrated. I think the the coaches absolutely fell in love with that. I mean, he had a couple games with like 19 and 20 carries. Um, 
So I think the it's coaches, a good way to get your quarterback hurt. And yeah, and it, actually he got hurt. He ended up getting, <laughs> of course he ended up getting hurt on a fluke. You know, he just gets his foot stepped yeah. on by a 300-pound lineman. That'll do it. Um, yeah, but I, I he's the favorite to me um, because of you know he's going to be a senior. He's going to have all that exp- uh, experience under his belt. And like I said, they loved what he brought to the running game. But he's also has an injury that is very hard to come back from. Um, you never know exactly the timeline with that injury, um, with the Liz Frank injury. So that could, throw a huge, that could throw a huge wrench in the gears. And if it does, I think it really opens up the door for redshirt freshman Steven Montez, who I have been – so high on since literally I didn't even know his name. I saw him throw one ball at a camp, and I was like, "Who's that? Kid? Who's that?" And <laughs> so I was with Adam, and he kind of pulls out his sheet and flips. He's like, uh, "Montez, some kid from El Paso." I was like, "That kid throws the ball like he knows what he's doing." I mean, he puts like he could throw it 50 yards on the same path. It's just he has such a gun. That's impressive. Um, so. I love what he does. I know talking to the coaches, they, they love that gun, but they also said he really needed to work a lot on his touch passes because he was, like, throwing 100-mile-per-hour fastballs to three-yard crossing routes, and they're <laughs> like, dude, you need to learn how to touch pass. So, you know, he got a year to work on that. Um, obviously, he's going to have the whole spring to work in, a, in, in the first team and get first-team reps because Sefo will not be back for the spring as far as I'm concerned. Um, and we'll learn a lot. We'll learn how far he came. We we know he's been putting in the work in the in the weight room. I mean, he's he, since he graduated. I think he's put on around 30, 35 pounds. So he's got. I mean, he's six five. He's he's big. He can run. He's got everything you want. It's just how fast can you develop him into a Pac-12 quarterback? Um, and I think in the spring we're gonna learn whether or not. I mean, I think you'll be able to tell early in spring whether or not that kid's gonna be the quarterback. Will there be a definitive? And, and I want to say about Sefo. I think. I've always kind of been a Cepho guy. I've always kind of pulled for the kid. I think he does everything the right way. You you know him better than I do, but he seems like he had his head on straight for a Absolutely. young man, you know, doing the right things with school and, and everything he has to do. So I've always kind of pulled for him, and I would like to see him finish this thing out. I'm just not sure he gives them the best chance to win games anymore, you know. Because Over who, of, though? Well, that's the thing. I don't know Montez. I haven't seen anything about him. But, I mean, him, but, you saw Apse at the end of the season. And I wasn't as high on a lot, as a lot of people were because I saw Apse – do some pretty dumb things too at times but he's so small too i'm like i worry about the little dude <laughs> you know? and that's what it comes down to i mean especially since the offensive line was so bad this year and when people were calling for Sefo to get pulled uh, before he got injured i was like you're not putting that, that kid will get killed yeah you're that. gonna put a 165 pound kid behind that offensive line i mean he'll last a week um and he actually ended up lasting three no two and a half <laughs> he didn't so he ended up getting a concussion in the last game and it's like uh, I think he, he – uh, I've said this a million times. He actually impressed a lot more than I, – I, I was very, very low on him. Um, and he made some throws that I didn't ever expect him to be able to make. And he was accurate when his first option was there. And he was accurate in dumping the ball off and that sort of thing. But he, he, he absolutely did not give them a better chance to win than Sefa. And – Continuing to talk about Sefo, what's it like in the locker room up there? Is it like uh, is Sefo one of the guys? Is he you know let's let's get this for Sefo? Is it? I it's not like he's not like one of the one of the boys who's like you know going out. They're and, a pretty young young team, and right. he's an older dude. You know, to me to me he's the leader. They all respect him. 
Um, they all they all believe in him. They all love his toughness. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's like one of the guys you know who are who are going out. Um, and you know he's not. You're not going to see Cepho in the off season like out partying with the with the boys. He's he's the like dialed in on football all the time, and everyone respects the heck out of that kind of guy. But will we see Ryan Koningsberg out partying with the boys? Yes, always mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, you, you might see none of them, and still me. <laughs> you live in Boulder right now, right? Yeah. And Jake. Jake lives in. Jake's not even 21 yet, though. Oh, I always forget that because he's at every bar that we go to. Right. With no Drinking issues. Drinking soda. Yeah. <laughs> How did that date go for him, by the way? Well, you had the BSN uh, end of year award party show, which you and you and Chap cleaned up. Yep. He brought a date. Right? Was that his date? Sorta? Uh, <laughs> you can't talk about I brought it? A, I got a date for him. Okay, okay. It was all right. Well, she seemed like she was having a great time. <laughs> the, thing with, <laughs> the, the thing with Shab is he like loves talking sports so much he that does. he gets in that situation. He's just like, oh, Reedy, let's talk hockey. And I'm like, <laughs> and like Spano's like, dude, what's up with Shab? He's got a, like a hot chick next to him and he's more interested in the old guy with the beard. <laughs> Reedy has a great beard. Yeah, he does have a great beard. But I was like, I don't know, man. I think he just he, he gets to those BSN parties. He just wants to talk sports with everyone because that's Shap. So it didn't go as well as it could have. I could imagine. I could imagine. <laughs> I missed our karaoke. I got to make up for that. I know. That was Did you guys weak. still do it? I, I ended up doing Piano Man solo. Oh, right. Adam told me. Adam told me. So no. What, was it, what did he say? What was the review? He said you did pretty good. Cool. He said you did pretty good. He was... Uh, what did he say? Oh, he's like, I'm not a skinny tie guy. You were wearing a skinny tie, remember? I yeah. mean, he kind of went out of his way to mention it, to be honest. That's weird. <laughs> it was, uh, it was. I mean, all I'm gonna say is like, I'm not taking fashion tips from Adam. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So you guys didn't do wet at all, though. There was no Koningsberg, Kenny. No, we needed Dover. Okay, we can do that. Next BS. I think we have one in like two two weeks. I don't know. After the first of the year or something like that. All right. So, I don't know, Brandon, Brandon runs all that. Yeah, or he lo- Lindsay. He, he Lindsay runs us. all that. He loves him some Blake, uh, some uh, BSN Denver party. Yeah, yeah, so we'll have to do that, and I'll make sure we can karaoke it up. couple, uh, want to go to some questions here? Yeah, sure. Really only have a couple for me, but I know you have a bunch. This one from Angry Andy, who we get a question about. We kind of did this. The schedule says Josh can't count to six, since that's at least how many games CU – CU football wins. Who wins between IU and CU? Because, you know, I'm a big Hoosier fan. I don't know, man. That might be close. In hoops this year? I think he's talking about basketball. Uh, I haven't seen much of IU. Let's go either one. I I haven't seen much of IU this year, to be honest. Um, uh, It takes me a while to kind of – like, I love watching – I'll watch CU hoops, obviously, at any time. But um, it takes me a while to get into the full swing of the college basketball season. It's not until, like, February, March. Right. It's overlapping with – the NFL and college football bowl season and stuff. So I haven't seen much of IU, so I'm not going to stake a claim. I know they lost uh, the other day, but I, I, I think, to be honest, I think CU can play with anyone in the country right now. Really? Yep. I'm trying to pull up their schedule because I just had it up. I'll tell you whether or not they could beat Indiana or not. Oh, yeah, they're scoring. They're averaging at least 80 points a game. That's yeah, beating I mean, Indiana. They've, they've, scored, uh, they've scored 80 points in a school record 10 straight games. And Indiana can't guard you, me, and Harrison. Wow. So. What's your game, by the way? My rec game? Yeah. My rec game, like that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a shooter. Okay. But I'll cut to the lane, too. If I have a teammate that's kind of looking for, like, a 
backdoor. Guys play lazy ass defense. Yeah. So if you just cut to the basket and somebody pass, somebody's willing to pass the basketball, you could score all day in these rec leagues. You'll n- you'll never see me making a cut. Nope. What are you? I'm pure <laughs> shooter. Pure shooter. Hundred. The only time I'm going inside the three point line is if I get to do it on a pump fake, and then I'm. He's in the air. You know, and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll like reluctantly go past him like ah oh, fine i'll go in there i guess i have to go and inside then, like, the three-point line and i'm not i'm never looking to score once i set foot in that line like i'm just someone i want someone on the baseline so i can just dish it off get my assist <laughs> and go back uh yeah n- i don't know i couldn't tell you the last time i made a backdoor cut that's what we should have is a bsn hoops game well who's play i mean yumi harrison nate chap can he can hang i a saw the video yeah he i mean can like, do his he thing. Can, i mean we got yumi harrison three nate nate uh, Kenny will play. Shap, right? Kenny, that's six. Well, There's three. Threes. three. I mean, I'm sure I don't see Brandon being much of a baller, but no. I'm sure he'd come hang out. Can you play basketball in those dress shoes he wears? I The loafers, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah. He oh, can he'd do be the, good uh, the afro good guy, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually, he would enjoy that. Yeah. You know, he might come out just for that. So we do got to set that up. Uh, last question here before we get to yours from Snowbuff. That's a great Twitter name. This one is my favorite question that we're probably ever going to have. Who would be the best gangster rapper on the Buffs roster? To me, this isn't really even that close because, like, Wesley Gordon is so gangster <laughs> that he just has to be the most gangster, like, the best gangster rapper. I can see, like, George King, like, having some fun spitting bars on the side, but Wesley Gordon, like, is actually gangster. He's, so, like, the real deal. Like, he's all tatted and, like, he just has the look. Like, he would be prime time 90s gangster rap like he would fit in perfectly <laughs> that's right in my wheelhouse 90s gangster rap yeah changed my life he man. Had, like he looks like a 90s gangster rapper like that's that's his look that he's going for i just got a new favorite player <laughs> there you go he's, he might be out this week but once a- he's back anybody stand out on the hoops or i mean the uh football team on the football team i mean people obviously know that Derek Webb, who graduated two years ago, like actually does rap. He laid down a track a couple weeks ago that Tyler Ziskin texted me and was like, "Yo, this is kind of hot." Really? I was like, eh, "It's okay." He's like, "Dude, I like it. Like, it's going on my playlist." So, I mean, there was that, and then he had Colorado Swag, which was uh, basically a Billboard 100 hit in Boulder. Um, in Boulder. <laughs> in Boulder. I'm trying to think right now, who would be the best gangster rapper? No one's really sticking out to me. I mean, one of the DC guys probably. You have to have it, you know. Like, I think you'd be able to tell. You'd have a guy right away. I would know. Um, And I don't. I mean, like John Walker from DC would probably be like the, just because he like talks like he might be a rapper. Okay, that that might be racist. What you just said. (laughs) No, no, it's not. (laughs) uh, There's white rappers and they talk like that too. There's a there is a white rapper. You're right. There is one of those guys. It might have been me in high school, but there was one at one point. <laughs> well, Benjamin Hockman, a former Denver Post employee, he's a – we've been out at a couple of places, and he's – he'd call himself a rapper. I mean – I'd call him a rapper. I – there was a time in my life where I could lay down a pretty fresh freestyle. Yeah? Yep. It's not right now, is it? It's definitely All not right, right. All right. <laughs> but maybe one day, like, if we do one of these 8 o'clock ones and I show up at 5. And you're feeling and good? Pouring me these beers, I might be able to lay down. What is this that we're drinking, by the way? You had a weird name. Mom's little yellow pills. I always keep it local. It's good. It's real good. Um, And that was it for my questions. I know you had um, some. Yeah, I actually had some from some people who were down here at the Blake Street Tavern last week. Um, 
The first one was uh, from Taylor. He said, uh, who cuts your hair and who makes your boots? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, and so cut, who cuts my hair? Uh, Joey at Chris Barbershop will get you right. I In Boulder? guarantee it. No, it's down here. You make the trip? Yeah, I make the trip. <laughs> you can't put a price on fresh. You're right. You're right. Uh, they, I mean, Chris Barbershop is my second favorite place in the world to Blake Street Tavern. Like, you just go there. It's just the boys talking football. They've got a fridge. They'll give you a mama's little yellow pills. <laughs> um, that place, that's a high-quality establishment if I've ever seen one. Uh, they got the, the Broncos going in there now. Nice. Like, people are like, oh, like you go to where the Broncos go? I was like, no, dude, the Broncos go where I go. I've been going there. Yeah, I've, I've been going there. <laughs> Uh, like I, I sat next to Max Garcia last time I was nice. getting my hair cut. What's he get? He got like some weird like top knot thing going on, like completely bald on the side and then like what? all knotted, like long and like. He's got knot. the long, yeah. Yeah, and then he had like a cool little design going on in there. See, um, I'm thinking about doing. Pat Bolin Jr. goes there. The blood of the city? Not the blood of the city. Oh nope. The one because that was the first thing I asked my barber. He's like, yeah, dude, Pat Bowen Jr. came in here. I was like, oh no, not the blood of the city guy. And he was like, no, dude, his brother with the big beard. I was like, oh okay. I was like, we were happy because we kept seeing this guy on the sidelines. We were like, how did they let that hobo down there? <laughs> and then we re- he came in. And yeah, so Shane Ray. They all go. David Bruton. Let me ask you this. As a 31-year-old white guy that shaves his head, but I, I, you know, I line it up and keep, keep it nice. It, you keep it nice. Is it weird if I got one of those things? A you, design? Yeah, you know, like a design in my head? No. Because I had that as like an eight, nine-year-old. You're totally chill. Plus, you already have a wife, so like. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, she she's might gotta care. stay either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> she's gonna divorce me over a couple yeah, lines in my exactly. head. <laughs> you should get like your own face. Oh, that might be sweet. Head. What I sh- actually this is what I'm gonna do is my wife's. This would be a shameless plug for my wife's store. She's about to open a brand new store right down here in the Rhino District. She has all, to pay for this before you talk. I'll just I'm shave just in my head her store location. Oh, there so you she go. can't she be come. mad. Yeah, like a little like map. It's a promotion with like yeah. the, with like the little like uh, you Google Maps here? pin. Yeah, in it. yeah. There you go. What's there it called? What's the store called? Oh, uh oh. Well, I know what oh. her store is called, <laughs> <laughs> but she's going in this with like oh. with a, another lady. Okay, another yeah. lady. Let me know t- tomorrow. Tell me how the cash was for I you will. not knowing. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely let you know. All right. Next one, uh, James wanted to, uh, Goose wanted to ask about uh, Derek White, who is the transfer from uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. He's sitting out this year. Um, Tad Boyle hyped the heck out of him. Right when he transferred, I got a bunch of quotes from different players in the RMAC um, on BSN Denver about his performance. Uh, and everyone just raves about this guy. And, and I'm always weary of like that kind of hype. When, and, you know, I'm like, okay, it's the RMAC. Like, right. you, know, you can ball out. Um, and man, you go to practice. Um, anytime they're running scout team offense, Tad Boyle makes him the best player on the other team. And this dude can ball, man. I mean, like he would start right now on this team who wow. is full of starters. Yeah. I mean, they're they're already having an issue trying to get uh, two starters between George King, Josh Fortune, and Trey Fletcher. Well, he start over all three of them because uh, he's really got it all. I mean, he's got. He can score from anywhere on the court. He can get to the rim. Um, he's athletic enough. He can shoot the ball well from three. But his mid-range game is what it like in like I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it's the best basketball, but I'm such a sucker for the mid-range game because it just looks <laughs> so cool. And like I have none, and so I just think anyone with a sweet mid-range game is awesome. And his mid-range game is off the charts. So I'm really, really excited. Like 
I'm fully on the hype train when it comes to Derek White. Uh, I'm really, and not to mention he's like the nicest dude on the team. Um, super down to earth. He reminds me a lot of Josh Scott and just being like a, just a really nice. It's a regular guy. dude. Yeah. So. That's that's what always scares me too. And I don't know a lot about the kid. I'll take your word for it. But that's always dangerous about guys that like, oh no, he's got great. Everyone talks so good about him. Well, that's great. But how is he on the floor or the field or what? You know, you could be a nice guy. And still suck at your job, and I gotta still say you suck at your job, yeah, yeah. even though you're a really nice guy. So. Are you talking about me right now? No, no, no. You're a really nice guy, <laughs> man. <laughs> you're you. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be good to see him. How much eligibility does he have left? He only has one year. So he'll so, do. He's yeah. a one and. So he's the he's the Buffs version of a one and done. <laughs> hey, they gotta have him somehow. Yeah, I, it's gonna be that roster. It's gonna be interesting and. In, in, uh, Xavier Johnson is very close to making his decision on whether he's going to try and make it come back this year or stay around next year. Um, it's best for the Buffs, obviously, if he decides to go next year because uh, they can shift Wesley Gordon to the five where Josh Scott's playing now. Then you can put Xavier Johnson at the four, um, and then you have this mix of, of Treshawn Fletcher, Derek White, and George King that you can you know try and mix in there. Um, and then you've got Collier, who will be an upperclassman. Uh, it's it's very it's it can be a very exciting roster next year, which looks like it was going to struggle a lot. They they uh, they've made it figured out a way to make it work where next year can be a really special team too. And Josh Scott's going to graduate. How many seniors it's, on the team? Uh, it's Josh. Not a lot. That's it. That's it. Just yeah. Josh Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're setting themselves up for another good year. And then, the, just like we talked about, Dom, another year under his belt, bring the guy in. So. Oh, and Xavier Talton. Sorry, Xavier Talton. Okay. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a good little run here for the next couple of years for Tad and crew up there. They uh, just, I think the number one priority in, in recruiting right now has to be getting another guy. I mean, you're not, you're not probably going to get another Josh Scott, but another guy who can score from the post because Wesley Gordon can do it next year. Um, Tory Miller – is slowly developing. I mean, he had 19 and 10 the other night in Wesley Gordon's absence, so he's slowly developing into it. But you'd love to get another fundamental big man who can score from the post. It'd be nice to have a guy that can not necessarily be the guy that plays with his back to the basket and play inside out like we talked about with Josh, but is like a rebounding. That's Just his specialty. Beast. Play yeah, rebound, I mean, or I mean, play defense and get rebounds, and then let Xavier, if it is him next year, get his underneath you know yeah. and kind and of do Xavier two different Johnson roles. can be a great rebounder if he dedicates himself yeah, to maybe it it's him and I think they're going to want to play George King a little bit at the four next year he can rebound I mean he's he has that kind of gifted rebounders thing where he he can high pe- high point the ball and he has literally the biggest hands I've maybe ever <laughs> seen like he can just snatch balls out of there so uh I, I think they're going to be okay rebounding next year especially with Wesley who can also you know be a great rebounder any more questions um let's see let's see let's see from the patrons of blake street tavern one one more uh another one from goose he said are they going to keep this wing rotation going going into the con into conference play um they've been just rotating it every game who starts uh in those two wing positions between george king trayshawn fletcher and josh fortune and really i think they are um all three of those guys deserve to be starters they've they're all shooting uh at the same around the same clip they're um, they all, you know, one rebounds a little better than the other one. One, you know, distributes the ball a little, a little better than the other one. George King probably scores the ball the best out of anyone. But they're all, they all deserve to be starters, and it's so hard for Tad to say, you know, all right, well, one of you guys isn't going to be a starter. So I think to continue rotating it, 
Um, as Tad told me last week, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It continues to work. None of them are, are kind of upset about it. I, it was interesting looking at their three numbers um, on Saturday – or on Friday. Uh, Josh Fortune had shot 52, George King had shot 51, and Trayshawn Fletcher had shot 50. It's like they're all so similar that I think you just keep riding with, with what's working right now. And, and obviously if one guy plays his way in or one guy plays his way out, then you adjust, but they're not going to change that anytime soon. And I was, I was going to say the same thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But tell me, because you talk to the guys more, is what is that? How, how does a young guy in college – I've talked about it with, with the Denver Nuggets or professional basketball players. George Carl once told me that the three things players care about the most is one, money, two, playing time, and three, time off. And that's kind of like the mindset of a basketball player, I guess, if, if that's what George is saying. I'll take his word for it. If you're a young guy in college and you're not the starter this day, but you are the next day, can that mess with your psyche? Or are they just all in on team ball? And the thing is, this team loves each other. I mean, they all get along. They're all joking around after practice. The, the locker room has a great feel to it. Um, so I don't think they really care. Like, in the end, they're all going to get about the same amount of minutes. So, like you said, playing time, like – it really all shakes out to about the same thing. Um, and and it, I think knowing that, like, okay, I'm going to start today and tomorrow, and then I'm not going to start the third game, I think knowing it uh, makes it fine. You know, it's, it's really an exact rotation. It just goes around and around and around. So uh, I, I think none of them really care that much about it because they know it's coming one. Um, they know they're going to get their minutes at some point, uh, and they know that both of those other guys are really playing well and are just as capable as they are. So – um, all of them are, are very big team guys. They're not, you know, ego, egocentric guys. Um, and I really think it's working out well. So why, you know, especially when you're winning. When you're winning, no one really Can't cares about anything. anything you know? yeah. I, I was talking to the, the SID for CU about this game not being televised tomorrow. I was like, just win the game and no one will really end up caring. Like, <laughs> people will, like, I'll make jokes about it on Twitter and it'll matter for about two hours. And once the game's over and they won, it'll never be talked about again. Yeah. So winning cures everything as we, we know in sports. It's like, do you have like a superstition? If I play well in one of my rec basketball leagues, I'm not going to wash the jersey. I'll probably wear the same socks I wore, oh, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. same compression shorts. Because... Yeah, okay, so one time I was driving to the golf course, uh, and I realized I had to drop something off at the post office. And so I had to go like 10 minutes out of my way to hit the post office, come back to the golf course. Well, I shot one under par that day, my best round of my life. That's impressive. 69, nice. And <laughs> I, for the next like three months, drove by the post office on my way to the golf course every single time. <laughs> because it, it's all, it's so much of it is mental, yeah. you know? Cause I was like, if I don't drive by the post office, I'm going to shoot 95. It's like, if I do drive by the post office, I might shoot 69 again. So nice. <laughs> I honestly, in the next day, it was like tryouts for my senior year. So I drove, I drove by it and I drove by that post office a lot for no reason. But never, never matched it? Never matched it. I, I did this season. I uh, shot a 34 on nine. Uh, but I don't think we're ever going to play golf, dude. Yeah, that's what you guys <laughs> – I, I did shoot a 34 on 9 this year, and it, and it was twilight because, like, obviously if I shot 34 on 9 at 9 a.m., I would have been like, let's Keep get going. this back now. Yeah. But the, the sun was going down when I chipped in on 18 to shoot 34, and I was just like, oh, I want to finish this round. But Is golf your best sport, you think? Oh, yeah. By far? By a long, yeah, by far. So not pop a shot, ski ball, anything like that? No, it's golf, and then – I mean, like, I guess it would be basketball. I, mean, I wouldn't consider myself a really good basketball player. I could shoot a little <laughs> bit, but it's golf and then, yeah. And, then, and then being a media guy. I guess skiing. I'm a pretty decent okay. skier. Did you ski exclusively or snowboard slash ski? Uh, so I started snowboarding, and then 
uh, like my parents one day were just like, I had probably been snowboarding for like three or four years. My parents were like, hey, Ryan, so like, we don't really want to ski with you anymore because you're really bad at snowboarding. <laughs> like, will you at least try skiing? And I was like, no way, bros. Like, shredder for life. Right, yeah. And they were like, no, please. Like, we're actually not going to buy you a pass if you don't try skiing. <laughs> Got to switch it so up. So I there. tried skiing, and like, literally within three days of skiing, I was already better than I ever was at, at snowboarding. See, I've never tried skiing. I've always snowboarded. But I kind of want to try. I have two friends, a guy, Silvio, and uh, Mike, who also ski with us. And they're, they've seem like they're having more fun than I am yeah I, I don't know for me it was always the problem with going toe side and looking and not seeing down what's the behind you yeah I just messed with my head so like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't ever go toe side I'll go straight heel side straight heel and side sore as hell side. at yeah. the end of the day so, after two runs yeah <laughs> so, and then yeah so uh skiing for me it's just like you're going straight you know you're looking down the whole time do you have a pass this year no because I work with work yeah yeah so I told my parents I, that's been my Christmas present for like the last that's how I did it too. Yep. I told my parents I was like, I think I want like a golf club or something this year because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get up and ski. I used to be big snowboarder, get the same thing pass. All my buddies would get in, we'd go and spend our days at the terrain park because we thought yeah. we were fucking badass. <laughs> or what? With, with a camera, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I had a little. This is how old it was. I think I still have it. Like when mobile cameras just started to become a thing uh -huh. they started to make these things it was like a cell phone the but thicker yeah yeah and we'd have those you could put in your snowboarding jacket Plug right I, into your uh, yeah USB. had the usb right there and i broke my femur in 2009 oh, uh -huh. and it kind of put it into all that damn <laughs> that's brutal see my thing was like to be honest, I was just too much of a pussy to like try things that would make me break my femur. Because That's why I'll, it's good to go with your buddies, though. Yeah, like, I remember I like tried gr like grinding a box once and like slipped out and like bruised the shit out of my arm, and I was just like, "All right, I'm just like going down really fast. I don't even yeah. like, jump on." I didn't anything. even break my femur snowboarding. We did tricks, and I the, like the coolest trick I could ever do on a snowboard is a 540. That's. I thought it was cool That's as hell, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the coolest thing I could do. Some of my friends were. I have a friend Vince who is awesome at snowboarding uh but i broke my femur on a snowmobile oh, being an idiot what did it did the snowmobile break the break your femur mm -hmm. like coming down on you yeah i i've never ridden a snowmobile in my life i've shared this story a bunch but not with you on yeah. a podcast I, I was drinking with buddies i was meeting friends at a cabin that we had rented for the weekend and we were all going to drink party and then snowmobile during the day and i got off work late that night this is even before i was in media or anything i was working at an airport just doing airport stuff and uh drove up they were already partying took you know five six shots upon arrival to catch up with my friends Oof. and an hour later we're outside building jump for the snowmobiles Good and i Lord, was first <laughs> and it was a stupid idea i jumped it the thing threw me off and i flipped over it and my leg actually got caught in the track Dude. and it was like and i knew right away like my buddies were like, I'll pick you up and we'll take you inside. I'm like, you touch me, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Call an ambulance. I'm going to chill here until they come. <laughs> Holy, dude. What was like, was it one of those things where it was such intense pain that you didn't feel it? It first? was like shock pretty much. Like I could tell, this is kind of gross. You can't see it, but I'll show you guys. You know, you're laying on your back. Yeah. Your heels are on the ground. It's this leg, my left leg. My toes were where my heels usually were because my femur detached from the hip bone. So I could pick up my leg, and it was like a string just dangling. Jeez, now, all right, now we have to put like a little warning in there before. <laughs> like you're going to have to yeah, edit it. Yeah, like a, sorry. The following content is... It uh, may, uh, may make you upset or mature. nausea. Yeah. 
it was terrible, man. I had six months rehab. I was 27 years old. I had to quit all jobs. I couldn't walk. Moved back in with my parents. And like, Jeez. it sucked, dude. I The worst really injury I ever had is a, a few days after I learned how to ride a bike, I was just like hauling around my uh, cul-de-sac. And then I don't know, like, I, I just started making too wide of circles. And I like I was just like cruising around, and I looked up, and I was about to hit a car. So I just like turned to the right, which was into the curb, uh, just like out of panic, got thrown off the bike, and just hit my face on the ground. And Ooh. my two front teeth went through my lip. So like my face was just like a hose of blood. Uh, that was. You got to brutal. keep your teeth though. Yep, my teeth. Nice, well, nice. they were my baby teeth. I was only. Like, oh, you know, sweet. I just learned to ride a bike, so. But yeah, I still have like scar tissue in there. I have bad luck. I, all my teeth right here. Uh-huh. Are fake from a stupid bike accident oh as a kid God. too because You're just uh, so extreme dude i just did stupid i was always stupid as a kid that it was a dirt bike we tied a wagon behind a dirt bike <laughs> and did a jump and i was the first guy in the wagon and it didn't work <laughs> whenever josh dover posts a take that you don't like now you have all this fodder to tell him how stupid he is <laughs> this is what it's from yeah, like, i've well, been concussed <laughs> they're like this is the type of guy who would get drunk and go on a snowmobile jump before anyone else we've all been 25 that's what you do i i I know see i know tell me if the three of us weren't in a cabin right now with a snowmobile harrison's with us because we're gonna do the nuggets podcast next that if i had a snowmobile we wouldn't jump at i got first right we would probably jump it i mean it's the same thing as is my my other co-host bryce when I asked him what happened to his foot, he just said, I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone knows what he means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to try to do this every single Monday live here at Blake Street Tavern at 4 o'clock or either 8 o'clock. And if you follow us on Twitter, we can tell you when it'll be and hope you can come down here and hang out with us. Uh, if Ryan, you don't want to hang out with us, just like eat the food because it's by far the best bar food. Still come here. If here. we're not here, still come here. Like, I'm about to get the French dip, which I just had for the first time the other day, and it is so good. Delicious. The wings are great. The nachos are the best in the world. So come down and eat the food, even if you don't want to see us. You can just, like, pretend. We'll still bother you. Yeah. I'll come over and be like, you heard about this on the podcast, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and tell them. Tell them. Be like, yo, we heard about it on the podcast. It's not going to get you some, like, discount or anything, but it just makes me sound cool. It helps us. Yeah. And we're trying to help you with Buffs News, so yeah, help exactly. us. Uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg. Check out all of his work at bsnbuffs.com and now bsnbroncos.com. Yes, sir. Starting right now. Starting right now. Right now, as soon as this is done. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Joshua Dover and listen to my radio show. We have some announcements coming on that radio show. And on Wednesday, I hope you guys can listen because we're going to do serious Christmas singing. Oh, wow. Where it'll be my karaoke. Adam will get to shine, but what Adam doesn't know is he's rapping DMX's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at the end of the show. Wow. So stay tuned for that. That is crazy. All right, so that's it. Bus podcast next Monday live at the Blake Street Tavern. He's Ryan Koningsberg. I'm Josh Dover.